The information presented in this program is not intended as legal, health, or nutritional advice. All topics are provided for informational purposes only and are not necessarily endorsed. Neither Light On nor its host accepts responsibility for any statements, views, or opinions presented in this episode. All rights reserved. It feels like all our heroes are counting. We all know why. Because it's painful not to pretend. The world itself is just one big hoax. All right, welcome back to the show. Howdy, McCoskey. Uh, if you remember back in episode 40, Howdy was here um talking to me so he has returned i'm very grateful thanks for for being here howdy um i guess my first question is i i mean i've like i've gone into the the depths of this kind of this soul trap thing at this point and uh <laughs> i feel like uh feel like it's changed me in a lot of ways uh where are you at now how how different is your research or your thinking from our first talk uh, than it was. So I guess we talked in in um, December, maybe November, something like that. No, it must have been like winter. Yeah, I think. I don't even remember now. Well, um, you know, I stopped talking about this in in February. I, I just at the end of February, I just noticed that there started to be. A, it kind of starts with the bot attacks, right? Anything that has any kind of anything against the system and this is big against the system right is is yeah. just it gets like a target on it and then that just filters anyone else anyone else is oh yeah well i'll just follow along and i'll just you know and it just got to the point where it just uh, i just needed to stop for a while and really contemplate what am i doing and what am i sharing and i almost stopped talking about it completely so i'm doing like a 3 month test of kind of going out and respeaking about some stuff again and and finding a good way to go forward with it. So it's all, so that's part of it. Part of it was realizing that a lot of this stuff, this is what was taught in the mystery schools, right? This is what was taught in the ancient temples. So this is somebody had, you just didn't knock on the door and the stuff, you heard this stuff, you had to go in, you had to, you had to go through initiations, you had to go through tests, you had to go through and then finally say, okay, now we'll talk to you. Not that the stuff needs to be hidden or anything, not like it's it's like, you know, it's, but it needs to be, the, the information can be so intense that it kind of, the person needs to be screened a little bit to make sure they hand, someone handles the information fine. Um, that's really more what it is. It's just, is somebody ready for it? If not, well, well we should give them more time to get ready. So I, I realize we don't have that with the internet, right? With the internet here, just anybody can pop on right now. And if someone's ready for it, that's great. If they're not, that's that can be a problem. So I've had that issue. Yeah. And then I've also, because I was going to be writing a second book, that had been my also my original idea, sort of the next book in the stage. And I've I've come to realize that I actually want to, instead of a book, I want to write a stage play. So I've begun the the work on <clears throat> putting the subject into a play. So that also is taking a completely different step in my mind of how to think of presenting this material. So as far as a stage play, are you like, are you hoping to like put that on locally or go go like big time with it or what? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, step one would be I'd have to I have to write it. Um, yeah. I have to sort of see that I, that it'd be something that could be valued, really would be valuable for people to see. 
Yeah. Uh, I learned a lot again from, I'm rewatching a bit of Westworld right now because some people have wanted me to do some sub, some talk on, on Westworld. And so I rewatched Westworld and just reminded just how dark and, and dystopic and, you know, it is. And it's like a reminder, okay, the, the play has to have some humor in it. I have to make sure that the, the, the people are, you know, are dealing with a difficult subject, but there's places of, so I'm trying to really build, make sure it builds into comedy. What I do with it, I, I don't know. I mean, I think the first step would be to put it on somewhere and gauge the response. Like what, what would an audience of 100 or 200 people think seeing this, whatever production I put on? Um, that, then, then I would know what to do with it, you know? Mm-hmm. The thing with that, well, though, actually, okay, like... actually, sorry, I'll, I'll just say, really, I, I guess the real thing I was thinking of, I was thinking back to the days of the old mystery plays in the temples, where a lot of the teachings were presented through drama, through play, the with the idea, stuff. really, my idea was, if this play is actually useful, it doesn't matter if it, if it has any interest or success now, it could be done 20 or 30 years from now. As long as the language could be read, it could still be it could still be performed. You don't need you wouldn't need any technology, anything else. You just need a stage to put it on and an audience to watch it. So that was also part of my thought process. Is it could it's something that could be could be accessed a long time in the future, even if I'm not around. That's true. It's an interesting idea. I just I think if you wanted to, as far as like readily presenting information that people will take more at face value though i would think a book is more the way to go but if you're not concerned with that and you want to because it's always kind of veiled if it's like you know a theater or a movie you know what i mean so but you're not concerned if people pick pick up on no 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 it is and it isn't because it's also then it's also then it's up to it's a bit back to the way it used to be it's up to where is your awareness at so your awareness at a particular time will pick up what your awareness can pick up and then you see it again in a year and you might pick up more mm -hmm. so it also then anything that's a drama movie whatever even some novels it becomes your own journey is mirrored in like a really good novel or a really good movie i can watch it several times and keep picking up new stuff every time if if it's a poor if it's a poorly made uh, um story you watch it once and that's all you're ever going to see from it. So my hope would be is that it's, it's got some layers in there. I don't want to necessarily, like I say, I'm still in the process of figuring out what to do with it. It's just um, something felt, okay, I've done a book on the subject. It's time to do something else, a different way of presenting the material. Gotcha. Well, I did. I enjoyed the book. Uh, in any case, I I just finished it recently, and uh, yeah, it was really good. It was a, the whole thing's really been mind blowing, and I think I have so many questions that I can't even. <laughs> I'm not even sure where where to go. Um, I've been really interested, actually, in and you covered a little bit of this in the book uh, of the 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 moon connection with everything, and uh, mm. a lot of that stuff kind of clicked for me, and I've been sort of like. I've changed my mind on a lot of things as far as like cosmology and like mm. other beings and stuff like that. And so I don't necessarily buy into like the stuff that NASA feeds me. <laughs> um, but I do think there's something going on with the moon, wherever it is, whether it's in another dimension or whatever. I think 
uh, th there's this kind of story uh, that the that the moon has some kind of electromagnetic influence curbing or warping our perception here, uh, along with mm. Saturn. Um, and I I tend to believe there's something to that. Have you have you discovered anything more along those lines? Well, kind of like you, it, it, I sort of began to realize that whatever we call the solar system is not the way we've been told it is. Uh, can I say I know what it is? No, but I know whatever we've been told, that's not it. And certainly the moon, the moon still blows my mind when I look out some nights and I can see clouds passing behind the moon. So when you can see a cloud going behind the moon, you have to ask, well, what the hell is it, first of all? Right. And how close is it really? Um, you know, it, we know so little about any of this stuff. And, and the moon just turns up um in two 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 cases one it turns up in a lot of esoteric literature even gurdjieff right gurdjieff was very clear that we are food for the moon that people sort of took it as a metaphor but i think he meant that seriously like he meant that like the moon is somehow the source of the of the loosh harvesting right of the energy harvesting and then you've got this if you go back into some certain mythology they talk about a time before the moon was here this is then this is really huge when you begin to think about it. like the Greeks, especially they have a lot of mythology that talk about the, um, the Arcadians, right? The at an Arcadia Eagle and that eventually what became the whole Renmo Chateau story. But in the initial Greek, in the initial Greek mythology, they talk about the Acadians were there before the moon. And then after the moon arrived, they had, in a sense, a certain new life they had to live in order to deal with the moon's influence. I'm paraphrasing, simplifying. So it's also this, so the moon didn't used to be here. And then you have other stories that talk about two suns in the sky. One, some people believe that that is Saturn, right? That Saturn used to be the, the original sun yeah. of this realm, whatever it is. And then mm -hmm. it was in a sense turned off and this other one became the, the focal point. But originally there used to be two suns in the sky, um, and it was almost never dark, right? The, the two suns operated almost on a 24-hour uh, basis. So once you start wrapping, you start wrapping your head around, well, then what the hell are we dealing with? And um, is it again? It because if if reality in a material in material sense is just this, if this is all there is, and once you hit the sky, you're dealing with a true holographic illusion that. The stars, the moon, the planets, and all of that is just some sort of hologram. Because I don't know if you ever looked closely, like through a decent telescope at like stars and anything else. It's just they're just like they're like flashes of light, or they're like a, yeah. they're like um, they're like a halogen bulb almost. Of when you look at a halogenic bulb from a long way away, it, they, they just don't they don't give the sense that there's any solidity to them whatsoever anything yeah. mm -hmm. whether it's looking at jupiter whether it's like it, they just all seem so transparent so you know and that would be that, that would be quite the thing because it, it's a great way of taking away our great power because if if we think the universe is vast and has all of this stuff and all of these planets and all these universes well we're just a tiny speck of dust you know this poor little this simple me why should i be concerned with anything but if we ever were hold that well actually this planet earth thing is the only thing that exists in this realm there is nothing else and everything else is just a gigantic holographic illusion we would take our experience at a completely different level so it all might be intermingled in some way as a again a, a deception to us to not be not be looking where we are and saying maybe this is all we need to know is 
what's in front of my eyes right now and and it just it just tricks us into this huge conglomerate of time wasting distraction i think yeah i think it is a, a lot of distraction and, and it is really hard to say because we are trapped in this sort of material realm where our senses are very limited so we maybe our you know our brains can't even perceive what what's really going on and the whole thing with the moon right. is like yeah sometimes it looks completely see-through you know but but then yeah there's like these NDEs where where people believe like they're on the moon or that or the light is coming mm -hmm. from the moon um and there's so much in right. in lore which I'm reading through now I'm, I'm reading about moon sort of old moon lore um and it's always like has a connotation of evil um or you know it, it has some kind of um effect on people you know you call people lunatics luna of course meaning the moon and right. and and all that and um and if you studied you know ancient uh civilization stuff that it was very important to them the you know in Ju judaism essentially started as the worship of the moon god sin you know and mm -hmm. if you if you've studied sort of the, the people who are uh running the world that's a major point of infiltration right <laughs> uh, I and of course, the weird part about the moon is how it's become uh, associated with the feminine, right? That, yes. that is, the sun is considered masculine and the moon is considered feminine. But if we look at ancient times, the masculine would have been considered like Hermes or Horus or Hercules, often linked to one like one of the other planets, and Venus would have been the, the feminine planet. So we also have this switch between these, the different ways that the masculine and the feminine were described in the ancient into the ancient world the way it is now and i'm wondering if that's also again a huge part of the of the deception because um when you're in a when you're in a potential computer realm like we are when you're just ones and zeros yin and yang up and down then the understanding of those ones and zeros those two opposites and how those opposites work and balance each other out is is very important to being able to navigate this craziness and if we get put in a place where we can't even understand the two, the two opposites, i.e., say in this case, gender, if we can't really understand what one is or the other isn't, what the value is, how they interact, how they cooperate, what they do, then that's a huge piece of the whole computer puzzle just ripped out from under us, and and we're we're operating blind. And I think that's a really good example of so many things that um, so many key basic pieces of understanding have been taken away from us or have been become so confused with people that the absolute basic things of just being in this world is not there. So, you know, when you don't, how many people today, like watching, like, like, let's, I don't know, let's say we got 500 people watching today. How many do you think of the 500 would be able to walk outside and know what the weather's going to be like for the next couple of days, just from walking outside? You know, like 200 years ago, everybody would have been able to do that. Every one of us could have walked outside based on the wind condition and the smell and the whatever. We know oh, it's going to rain tomorrow at like eight o'clock. Now we don't have a clue. We don't, we, we don't know if it's going to rain today unless it's on our, you know, we look it up on the internet. So right. like we, we've been so pulled away from so many basic things of our connection to this place. All, all I think it's all a part of it. The, the more confused we are, then the more we have to look to someone else to tell us what to do and what to know. It's, it's all a part of taking away our own inner knowledge and and having to say, well, how I can't figure it out. So somebody in a, in a white coat with a piece of paper, he or she will tell me what to do, right?
Yeah, right. We've totally given away our responsibility, even in like, you know, even this is a more recent example, right? Like I used to use MapQuest when I was driving places, right? And now, now like nobody would even know how to really use MapQuest because you have like directions or you have Siri or, or whatever Google Maps on your phone that is all automated. So you were, you're, we're not even following like the simple directions turn by turn anymore. And that seems no. so foreign. Um, so it's like this systematic, like taking us away from our own authority and, you know, giving our responsibility over to technology. Exactly. That's a, that's a really good description of it. Giving our, giving our authority away to technology. Mm -hmm. Like you say, normally it would have just been, how do I get to your house? Oh, go to this street. We come here, turn yeah. left. You'll come to this building and you turn right. And you're going to go down two blocks, greenhouse on your right. Now it's just, oh, you don't have to tell me. I'm just punching it into my phone. It'll tell me what to do. Right. And so it's like you're you're also losing a whole part of the experience because we're turning ourselves over and just saying, yeah, the AI will do it. The AI will do it. Right. And that's that's been part of the early trick. Right. Because if you get the if you initiate people early and especially young people, that AI makes their life easy. And it's, in some cases, it, it, it did. It does. Right. Then it's easy to start accepting more and more stuff and say, well, we're going to give you this too. And look, I mean, that's going to make life even more easy for you, even more. Easy. So it's just, you get used to it and it's like, okay, sure, sure. And then all of a sudden you realize you can't even add one plus one without picking up a calculator and punching it in. You know, you've <laughs> right. gotten to that point. Yeah. So everything that kind of brave new world in 1984 were laying out in the 1930s and the 1940s is, is coming to play in our reality and they both laid out the pathway of how that was going to happen. And we've kind of seen it play out. So um, when it comes to exiting the cave, one of the things of exiting the cave is, is actually taking back the authority we give away to technology, to AI, to do things for us and go back to finding ways to um, find things out for ourselves. And to make choices for ourselves, that that's a huge part of this is, is to regaining the authorities, regaining authority in small things, and you'll start to be able to gain it in big things too. Absolutely, yeah, it's kind of scary. It's it's uh, technology has become totally crack, uh, <laughs> and if the you know if the grid goes down or or we lose all those capabilities, we're kind of like all going to be running around like chickens with our heads cut off. Um. Well, even imagine, even imagine you shut the grid down for two days. Okay, so people will have some trouble with just food production and water and whatever else. But the the um, the withdrawal symptoms that so many people will have of not having access to the technology, you know, it'll be like not getting cracked for a couple of days for some people. Like it's it there's they were they were literally there's going to be people going through massive withdrawals from from the technology. Yeah, and uh, again, technology. I mean. Technology allows us to do this, right? We're not in the same place. I can't come over to your house and do a nice interview the way we would have done it 20 <laughs> years ago. So it, there are positives always to to all of this stuff. If there was no positives, we would have rejected it right long time ago. So there's positives to it. The, 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 the challenge is always stuff like this gives you something and it's taking something back in return. The question becomes, is what, in a sense, technology is taking back, is it worth what it gives? 
That's the question. Right. I've, I've had this sort of argument about cryptocurrency with some of my friends because they're like, well, you mm. know, look, look what the internet did for us. The internet was technology. And it's like, yeah, well, like there has to be a good aspect of it, you know, but look at all the things that the internet can do negatively for us. I mean, it, obviously it's like ruining our, our brains, but like it's the digitization of like all recorded history at the same time, which means That's it can bad. then be manipulated and erased. Yeah. Uh, whoever's in charge of that has the choice to do so. So, yeah. To, to and as you know, with 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 that, and as you know, with that internet, now we know that the internet is not really the open, accessible place that it used to be. It's yeah. It's very hard to find certain things in the internet now, unless you know exactly where it is. Like you mm -hmm. can't just search for stuff. And years ago, I could have put in three or four good search words, and oh yeah, that website will come up. It'll be third or fourth because my words were good enough. That's like that. That won't work anymore. So many of this stuff is literally just parked somewhere, wherever. And if you don't remember the exact site name, you're never going to find it in a search. Yeah, yeah. It's you have to use a special search engine. I mean, it's a completely different experience depending on what search engine yeah. you use and where where you go. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I wanted to go back to what you said about the sun thing, though. Um, sure. Have you heard of this idea of like the uh, the sort of changing uh, electromagnetic influence or whatever you want to call it of of the Earth, um, which is sort of essentially like uh, thinning the veil of the material? Um, some you mean the Schumann residence or something else? Uh, I don't know necessarily the Schumann resonance, but it's like, um, I mean, in more in like new age circles, they would say like, oh, we're upgrading to 5D or something, which I kind of hate oh, <laughs> using that terminology. But um, I think I there is there is something to it, like a changing of, I mean, even a Hopi star, uh, Hopi mythology talks about like the blue star Kachina. Um, and this sort of translates in other theories to like a blue sun, like the changing of the sun. In the color of the sun. Yeah. Have you heard anything about that? Sure, I would semi-agree with that. That, uh, but it's it's not getting. You know, the, the the presentation is, yeah, we're moving to this higher ascended place. We're moving to these higher energies. We're moving to. Yeah. But if you think about it, three to five is actually deeper. You're actually we're actually going the other way. You're going more levels into the matrix. You're not, you know. Out of the almost out of the matrix would be 1D. That would be like oneness. Once you're in 2D, you're in duality. Once you're in 3D, you've added time to it, right? So you're actually you're sinking into the, with more dimensions. You're sinking in deeper into the cave. Right. So and and that's and that's that's how it's going to be tricked. It's going to be presented, I think, as this wonderful solution to this mess that's going to be coming here, and a lot of hopeful people very you know very honest caring people will just they'll 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 buy in and they'll they'll go and then they'll wind up in a new matrix and probably the new matrix for a while will seem like an upgrade it will seem better um i don't know how long that will last so again to me the answer is always just leave you know, yeah. don't worry about any level of Plato's cave. It's it's all a deception on some level. So just be home. Just do what we have to do to find ultimate truth and ultimate freedom and the totality and the power of what we really are. And we we leave this behind and let it do what it wants to do. And we can just we can just regain our we can regain our totality. 
And uh, if, if somebody wants to be in this place after that, great, but regain your totality first and then, then make a choice. I guess I'm just sort of speaking to the, the that that's an interesting way to look at it. I think that's important to to see that aspect of it. Um, I heard of it more as like nature versus like the um, kind of fake matrix and sort of nature will be taking over. Uh, and so they're sort of trying to hide that. I don't, and you hear like weird NDE experiences where people say like, well, they saw that, um, you know, everything was going to, after a time of like tribulation, everything was going to be like, this realm was going to be completely different. Like, obviously this is not a, like, this is a, a matrix, but um, it's going to be one that we can use more in a more uh, productive way. So, Sure. Maybe. And, and, and again, I don't have the answer, right? I don't know. Yeah. I, I'm not, I don't have, you know, I don't have some sort of guaranteed crystal ball, even if you want to go through the the Vedic terminologies, right, where they go through the eight, the various ages, right? And now they would say we're in Kali Yuga, we're in the worst part of it all. And then soon we're going to be back in the golden age. And, you know, and then we'll have this wonderful time again. And, and, and that might, maybe that's true. Maybe that really is true, that we're going from this shitty age and soon we'll be in a really good age again. But the, the, the one we'd have to ask is, well, why do we want that? Because obviously that means... The system then, if you just, if you, now if you wait long enough when you're in the golden age, you're going to be back in the shit again. Like this Kali Yuga, okay, you got to wait 20,000 or 50,000 years, but it'll be back. So it's still a gigantic deception. It's still a gigantic trick. It's just like, it's like a slot machine, you know, it's just like every so often the, sl the, the, the slots have to pay out. You know, if you, every time, if you just mm -hmm. kept putting your quarter in and lost every time, you would give up. The idea is you put four quarters in and you get three back oh, well, I'm getting close, you know? And of course, eventually it gets your dollar, but it gets your dollar after a long, you know, you have to play for a while. It, it's hooked you in. Yeah. I get a sense that that this is all a part of how this realm is structured. So to me, this whole, I mean, it could, sure, that that's a possibility, a total possibility. We could wind up in something all of a sudden much better, but my answer would still be, but it's still fake. It's still not truth. So- and I, then I know, and I know for sure this crap will be back. I've had enough with this crap. So um, I'm not interested in the golden age either. <laughs> That's a very good point. I, uh, yeah, I, for the most part, agree with you. I want to escape. Uh, so on the other side, what, I mean, I hear a lot of things about like, oh, it's, it's a, it's really confusing. Um you know, you're not really able to collect your thoughts, if thoughts even exist. I don't know. What, what, what is it like in your experience from reading through all this stuff uh, when you get to that, when you get to the, the astral plane or wherever we are after death? Um, are you able to, what's like, sort of what's the most important thing to remember to like collect your thoughts and not end up back here? Simple answer. Again, I don't know for sure. I've got, like you say, only what I've experienced myself and, and what others have, what I've learned from others. But it, it seems like the biggest thing we lose in the astral realm is the astral realm is a place of pure emotion. So all the emotions we experience here right now are actually originate in the astral. They, like we, they, our emotion doesn't come from here. It comes from the astral first, and then we we manifest that emotion. So it's, so that's a place of pure emotion. So what we 
but what you what isn't there is logic. So it's very important, of course, to temper e- e- emotion and logic together, right? Because if you're just one or the other, um, you're not going to navigate too well. So the, the big problem is that apparently there is a way to obtain and hold logic in the astral, but it's very, very difficult. And you have to have done preparation for it. So it means that seemingly you wind up in the astral realm all of a sudden, and you're just going to be pure emotion. So that means... So, so that makes sense when you talk about the near-death experience and they talk about the love they feel and, and the peace and the joy. Well, if you, if you picture any of those wonderful emotions and man, manifest it, uh, like magnify it a hundred times because there's there's no logic blocking it, of course, it'll feel unbelievably beautiful. The same token, anything negative, anything nasty that you have, that you feel, it's going to also be magnified a hundred times. So we're going to be deal, you'd be dealing with this emotional impact on everything and it'd be like if the door is open beside you, if there's no emotional element to make you even notice the door, you won't notice it because the emotion will, will pull you. So my my sense of it is um, a, a preparation of being able to obtain a bit of or hold a bit of logic or hold a bit of what we might call a deeper mind, right, in sort of hermetic terms, this deeper mind, that even when we get into deep emotional um, realms, we don't lose access of this of this facility that can help us. You know, should I go left or should I go right? Because if we don't have the logic, we just wherever wherever we get pulled to. You know, oh, I, I like so much what's over to the left. I'm going there. You know, we don't we don't think to say, well, wait a minute, which actually is best for me? So that would be, I think, a part of it is finding ways to hold on to a bit of that logical element that that. Um, contemplation process that decision process beyond just feeling uh and maybe that's where the the um you know too much about the it's a white term now shamanic journeying it's not really native indian teaching people try to present it that that's what it is but it's kind of like it's white people simplified some things that natives do but it's still a valuable technique in that you are accessing other realities and you are interacting with other realities and you still have your logical mind because we're doing it from here. And that could be a useful test of doing things like that because it could help us help remind us to even in these places of non-physical um, space that we haven't lost our thinking and logical process with the emotion. What does that consist of, the the shamanic aspect you're talking about simple terms it's to um recognize that there are other layers to this reality other worlds you might say and it's shifting your consciousness some do it some do it through various meditation techniques this one is usually it's done through drumming or singing or something when you get good at it you can just close your eyes just shift but you wind up in, in in a usually you wind up in a place that you kind of get you've gotten used to and you kind of have a starting point and then you you just explore these other realms and including these other beings and other things that are there. It's it's kind of maybe it's like a a layer between the material and the astral. Maybe that's a good way of saying it. You're not in the material anymore, but you're not in the astral either. You're kind of in a, a middle zone. Oh, yeah. uh, you're getting a bit of both, and. Um, like normally it's when it's taught by the people who teach it, it's usually to go there to get healing for someone else or knowledge or understanding or whatever. There's usually a reason somebody's going, but there's also just just to test these other realms, just like anybody who does astral traveling or 
stays lucid in their dreaming. All of those things, even that, trying to be staying lucid in your dreams because that's another place when you're in your when you're in the dream state, you're very much again in an emotional state. You're you're again touching the astral realm. We lose all, we we have a lot of you know something goofy happens in our dream. How often do we we stop? Wait a minute. There's no kangaroos in my living room. Why, why have I got kangaroos? No, we just go with it. Oh yeah, kangaroos in my living room. Great, of course. That's fantastic. You know, we don't we don't think when we're in a dream until we the dream is over and we're like, well, well kangaroos in my living room. Why, why, you know? So all of those things to be lucid in the dream is also to help. A lot of people try to be lucid in their dreams so they can control it, right? So they can gain this, they I, they can have the dream that I want, as opposed to I'm going to be lucid in my dream just so that I can be. I can have consciousness no matter what, um, no matter what level of awareness I turn up to, no matter what realm I turn up to, I've still got my my consciousness available. You know what's weird is I barely ever remember my dreams, but I, uh, when I do, they're 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 kind of they're very strange, and I do remember dreams where I've stopped the dream because I knew it was a yeah. dream. Right. I don't I don't know what that says about me, but uh i mean hopefully i could i can do that again well well that happens a lot I'm sure it happens to me too a lot and when you kind of realize that you're dreaming often you do just wake up but something just ends the dream right there it's very hard to recognize wait i'm in a dream and to kind of you almost have to have a little bit of willpower at that point to just no i'm fine to go it, it's i guess it's because the, the something inside of us some the deeper part gets um gets a bit frightened you know, that I'm not used to being in this space. So just put me back in my bed, kind of, you know, and we kind of have to push through that and kind of say, yeah, I'm fine. I can handle this. I know what's going on. Okay. And yeah. then we can kind of, so it's it's kind of like, it's almost like we have to steady ourselves a little bit and just kind of go, yeah, okay. I, I, I've been here before. It's okay. Right. And now we, and now we go forward. Yeah. And it, it was always, like if, if we don't do that, yeah, we'll just wake up. We'll just wake up. It, it was for me, it was always a dream where I was like being attacked or pursued by someone. And it, there was like this immense fear. And then I just come to the realization, like, wait a minute, I don't have to deal with this shit. Like, and then I, I wake up. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's really interesting. Yeah, that's, so that's one that's one. That, I mean, that's powerful enough to just get out of it, because why stand if you don't have to? But that's the even more powerful way to do it is if you can get that. When you get that, it's yeah. Wait a minute. This is a dream. This is this is you know. I don't have to deal with this. So I'm going to stop and ask, why are you doing this? Right. Who are you? Who are you? And why are you bothering me like this in my dream? Because now, not only are you operating from a power, you're operating from a place of, and and I want to find out who you are. And and be, you know, be vigilant that I'm not taking I'm not taking a run around for an answer. Tell me. Who are you and what are you doing in my dream? So it, it's also another way of really gaining another level of authority over yourself because then you're able, at least, even if you 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 know you can stop it if you want to, at least. But then you might be able to find out, well, where's it where's it originating from? Is it something from your own subconscious mind that's coming out? Is it some old traumatic memory? Is it some ex some external you know entity or something that's interfering with you? Then at least you can know what's going on there. And then you can have a whole nother plan of attack of how you might want to deal with it in the future. You know, what's really surprising to me is that more people don't try and stop the life review. I actually asked people on an NDE board mm. this. I was like, has anybody successfully stopped or thwarted their life review? 
And there, I got most of the responses I got were, uh, don't be scared. It's, you know, it's good for you. You have to experience these things, you know, because they don't, they don't get it. Um, but for me, I, the first thing I would do would be like, why, like, get the hell away from me with your life review. Like, what, why do I have to do this? (laughs) Why do I need to see this little show that you're putting on? So I, I'm really surprised that no one's really discussed that. Yeah, I guess maybe for me, that's that's was so important to do my life review while alive to have to have done a complete recapitulation, right? So that one of the first things I've got, I I hope I will be able to be strength enough to be able to, if the life review tries to start, is it, I've already done this, not interested, you know? Yeah, I did this myself. Thanks. So it, to me, it's it's a, it's another level of power we have if we if we take control of it already right now. We've done one. So you're already like, yeah, I don't need this. Um, not only because you're just saying, well, I don't need it because, you know, I'm not trusting any of you guys. It's more like, I've actually, I've done it myself. Thanks. Hmm. Um, so, you know, I, I've already got all this. I've gone through it. I've seen where I've been a jerk. I've seen where I've been a great person. I've had great growth and transformation from the process. Good luck to you. Bye. <laughs> I the, the recapitulation process seems so daunting to me. I don't feel like I could do what you did, to be honest. Um, And I feel like I'm generally a person who kind of like goes over everything that happens um, either like in the moment or after it happens. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like I'm like, I decipher things to where I'm good with them. Do you think it's necessary for, for everybody to do a complete, uh, whatever, recapitulation? That's the word. Yeah. Pretty much. I'll get to it in a second. I'll just ask you, what do you find so daunting about it? What do you feel is so daunting about it? Well, one thing is like, I don't remember what I ate for breakfast this morning. And so I don't, I don't know if like going through everybody I met in my life. I mean, I think I've forgotten most of them. I'm, I'm just a person that kind of like shuts down, you know, like pat the past and kind of moves forward after a certain point. It's almost like I'm clearing yeah. space in my head. Uh, yeah, it's. Um, it, it, I wouldn't say it's important for like everybody. There, there are certain, you know, there, there's different structures of humans. Um, you might say not, not many, and there might be four to eight different types only. Uh, but one or two of those types, the recapitulation is not as important as some of the other types. Um, generally, the more logical and and sort of scientific and thought processing somebody is, the more the recapitulation is important, um, because the when someone like that, and I had a lot of that in me, you can tell by how I converse, um, our mind thinks we know the experience. And even if we go over it, even if we tell the experience again to someone else, we think we know what happened. But the recapitulation is designed to pull up the feelings. Because we normally, in when we remember an event, we more remember actions, thoughts, uh, you know, we don't remember the deep feelings. And for me, that was the biggest surprise when I was starting to do the recapitulation after a long amount of time was how many hidden feelings would come up and how many feelings would have been there. for It's like one little thing would happen. It'd be like one second of the whole experience, but it was like a, it was like an explosion, an explosion of a feeling. And then it would just be gone. You just didn't even notice it, but it was there. And it had a huge impact on the whole rest of the, of the situation. So what the recapitulation is doing is sort of, if you think of the screen as the whole experience, we generally remember like 
two thirds of it. We have, we have this part and we'll, we'll know this, but there's still a third of the experience that we've kind of just pushed away. In most cases, it doesn't really matter. There wasn't really, you know, 99% of our experiences, there's not much really we need to see anyway. But in a few experiences, there's something in this extra one third that is still subconsciously holding us on to things we don't even know we're holding on to or blocking away things that we we aren't blocked from. And so I can only, again, speak from my experience. The recapitulation itself took me four and a half years. It was interesting. I learned a lot. There was a lot of transformation, but it wasn't until I was finished, actually completed the whole thing about three or four weeks later, that's when it happened. That's when like all of these memories just kind of just exploded into me in like complete detail. Like I was reliving them again. I was actually in the experience, things I completely forgotten, but were moments that were literally life-changing, like totally changed the direction of my life, but I didn't even remember that they happened. And so, but it took going through all of this stuff, cleaning away all of these areas, looking into everything for finally the stuff that's left to finally just bubble to the surface. So I realized it's, it does take a pretty, pretty complete package. I don't think someone has to do it as necessarily as complete as I did. You don't have to kind of go every single person, every single experience, but it still has to be quite deep. I think Mm -hmm. it's still, it's still, you know, someone's going to have to put in four to six months, I think, to have a really good impact uh, on your completion. Um, But like I said in the book, even if someone just writes out a list of all the people that you've met and try to remember some of the experiences that you had with them, that'll help. That'll clean some stuff out right away. That'll bring up some memories. So even something like that, which someone could do in a month, someone could do in six weeks, it's still valuable, but it's, it's partial. So again, for me, it was very valuable, but I I was of course doing other things with it. And, and I'm going to do some talks coming up on the other process. You go, you do recapitulation and then you do with something called not doing, which is once you learn your patterns and things from the recapitulation, you learn how you how you are and how you think. Then you start doing the opposite of them in order to start breaking the patterns and the thoughts and the ways you've been. So they kind of work together. It's like the recap teaches you what to what to what things to do and break in your patterns. And then by breaking the patterns, you'll open up more things in the recap. So if you only just recap and don't don't make the don't bring the knowledge into your life and make changes from it, you, it'll also stall. So it is a bit of a interconnected process. Um, which is why to do it well, it can take years to, but the same thing, the not doing was just, boy, there's a lot of amazing things that came from just being the opposite for a while, you know. That makes sense. And hopefully there's some people who can just kind of like, you know, either way, stand stand in their in their power. Um, I did actually, before I forget, there was one person who responded and said that he, during his life review, he asked, he started asking questions and it stopped. And like the, 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 his guide or whatever, just like forgot about it. And so it didn't continue. Oh. <laughs> I thought that was really interesting. Like he wanted to, he was asking why this happened. Like questions like that. Like, why did this experience happen? Why was this person there? Like, like questions like I, that or. I'm not, I, I don't think about, I don't think the questions were about his experience, but I can't okay. remember exactly what he was asking about, but it was something to, to his guide about what was happening in general, I think. And and so the okay, so that would be interesting if you can find that again to see mm-hmm. what he asked. 
Sure. Because that would be it. it it's because it's not just that he asked questions. It, it's what was the questions? Because it obviously was you know you could ask questions of these these people and, and nothing will happen. So obviously he asked the right questions. Okay. Yeah, I'll try to look up that that thread. Um, I think I may have gotten kicked off of that board. Actually, <laughs> go on. There you go. It, it's really it's really weird. Like, I I see a lot of parallels with the whole like soul trap versus. Uh, the kind of like loving experience thing as I did with the other stuff that happened, the other stuff that I've been trying to convince people of over the last few years. And that's why like this kind of rings true to me, you know, because it's like they, I see the same kind of like duping happening. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it, and it's very hard to present the soul trap. Again, this is what I talked about at the beginning, why, why it's so difficult to just present this openly per se. Sometimes, because if a person has not had some trauma in their life, if they haven't gone through some just shit that's happened to you for no reason whatsoever, like just, you know, sometimes shit happens and we created it, but sometimes it, nothing to do. Like, you know, we, we just, we, we get treated like garbage. And if that hasn't happened, like if, you, if there are some people out there who had wonderful parents and they had lots of money and they could travel anywhere they wanted and nothing really bad ever happened to them. Like the idea of a soul trap would be so impossible for them because their experience just doesn't in any way indicate it. So if somebody hasn't gone through some trauma themselves, or at least had some friends of theirs who have gone through just, just some horrific stuff, it just won't make any sense. So it's also an, a, a topic like, soul traps and demiurges and uh, simulated realities that are designed to, you know, entrap souls. Somebody has had to have some dark experiences and some real trauma to be able to say, yeah, that there's no other answer for why I went through that. It, this is a possibility. So it's also part of it that unfortunately seeing this potential of reality has required someone to have gone through some difficulty. Yeah, I agree with that. That tends to be the case. So is it safe to say that you believe these uh, these guides or these beings in the afterlife are, are aliens at this point? And I wanted to ask you, do you believe that they can lie? Oh, they lie all the time. But like the if, time. You, if you ask them straight on, will they lie to you? They'll lie. They will lie, yeah. Okay. You know, it's it. It's like if if you if you were with meeting a compulsive liar, right? You said no, no. Now you've got to be honest with me. Well, they're not going to. They're just going to lie. So you have to think of them as they are compulsive liars, and that they're they are going to say or do whatever deception needs to happen to you. So you can never trust anything these beings do or say. Hmm. Um, you have to. You'll have to. But again, like everything, they won't lie all the time either every once in a while they will say something true right it's how cults begin cults begin by when you meet the first the leader the first time they actually say some stuff that's pretty smart and you're actually at the beginning you go this guy this whoever this is pretty this guy's brilliant you know if they came out with all the crazy stuff on day one nobody would show up so it's you kind of have to think of it that these these beings are similar to that they're they're lying all the time but they know when when to give some things that are definitely true that you'd be able to go, yeah, that, that's right, you know. Um, so it, it's so difficult to navigate because then you can't. I've heard some who in this community have just said mm -hmm. the best the best way to deal with them is just not deal with them at all. Right. Is just yeah. say, 
just you have you know and and in a sense that's a very gnostic um apocryphon apocalypse apocalypse of james um uh text which is basically they're going to try to ask you questions kind of demanding who are you why are you here and, and your answer is generally uh knowledge of your totality knowledge of where you come from and we we're saying things like i come from the divine father i'm not from this realm but you are so in a sense you have no power over me because you're from here and i'm not and it's this it's this total knowledge that <clears throat> will allow us to navigate through them and also means we don't have to give them any authority because they don't actually have it they have authority because we give it to them absolutely and i i tend to think that they they're more apt to like manipulate the situation rather than flat out lie um I don't know. That's just the the sense that I got. And I see such a parallel between yeah. how things are done, especially in the legal system. I don't know if you've if you've looked at like sort mm -hmm. of common law and true law versus legal statutory. But I, I spent a, a a lot of time on that. And if you read about mm -hmm. how the court system works and sort of how they manipulate that and how they get consent through that, and then you read like NDEs where they're being judged in a courtroom and like how they right. how they do things. I see an exact parallel there. Yeah, and it's language too, right? It's all because there's a legal language and a normal language. So there would mm -hmm. also, I would assume there's an astral language and a language that we think it is. So again, even when you're having these mental conversations or whatever, we don't even know what could be in what the language we're 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 trying to communicate something that we we feel is one thing but the language means something else to you know yeah to in sort of in sort of in this realm oh no actually that word means this you didn't know that but you know you said it so in a sense you you you've given our you've given your authority to us kind of thing so again it's it's almost a, it's almost why it's it's uh, it can be if possible to just to just not deal with them at all. I think yeah. that's that's going to be challenging. You know, that's that's not like uh, some people who who I know present stuff and just well, if I'm just stay in my authority and stay true to myself, I'm just going to you know go right through it. It's not going to be that easy. I mean, mm. this is billions and billions of souls have <clears throat> gone through this meat grinder and and not made it through, and some that are pretty darn smart and pretty darn prepared, and and they didn't make it. So we need to be as prepared as we can possibly get, you know, use our time to, to get as deep as we can. And I hope I, I, I have a couple of clues now I'm getting a couple of ideas and they're going to go into the, into the play. They will, they will make it in there. And um, th th there are a couple of things I, I don't, that's something I don't think I ever want to say openly. I'd say, this is what I would recommend you do specifically because I don't want anybody then following my advice, like as an actual, like, you know, piece of notes, like one, number one, this, number two, this, number three, that I would never want anyone possibly, but mm -hmm. I, I want to give some clues and some ideas so that maybe if someone gets to a particular place and they can say, oh yeah, I remember that. Maybe I should check that out. You know, so it becomes something that kind of just shows up in the moment as a possibility and, that then somebody can try it or not try it in the moment. So that's gonna how I'm gonna try to <clears throat> pass on a couple of ideas as I as I come up with them going forward.
Okay. I, w- I want to ask you a little bit about that after, but um, just to piggyback on the other stuff, Wayne Bush did this amazing interview with a guy, and I think it was a number of years ago, but is this, it's like a three hour long interview with this guy who says he met what he believes was the Demiurge. And um, I think at the end, if I remember the whole thing uh, correctly, uh, the Demiurge character asked him, do you feel like you learned enough about love? And he said, no. And poof, he was gone back into his body. And so that was like a form of consent. Yeah. Right. I thought that was interesting. There, there was a lot in that interview. Of course, there's, there's like anything, there's a lot of, um, we also see a lot of the belief structures of that person and a lot of the belief structures, because he, he, he had a pretty messy life before he had this death experience. And those things played out in his, in his experience, right? Mm-hmm. The, the experience is very tailored to the kind of life he had had to that point. Um, but there's also a lot of clues in there. There's also a lot of very interesting clues of, like you say, little things like that. That, um, and they're they're in a lot of the near death experiences. When you when you go through them, they're in there. It's just the people generally tend to skip over the parts that are really important, or the parts where they gave up their authority, or the parts where they you know where they gave they gave permission, they skip that over, go on to some other stuff and then say, oh, no, 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 I was never forced to do anything. But wait a minute, go back three minutes. Did you hear what you just said there? <laughs> Did you listen? Did you actually listen again to what you mm-hmm. said? So there's also a lot of that, that even though the, the, the person who's had the near-death experience seems to remember it in quite detail, they seem to have sort of selective amnesia though of, of they, they'll, they'll tell it, but it's like they don't, they don't, um, What's the word I'm looking for? They don't analyze pieces of it. They only analyze certain part, the parts that they they like, yeah. might say, or the parts that uh, that uh, hide them from certain truths. So it almost doesn't matter who you listen to. There's something in all of them, um, but some of them are two hours long, and there's like three minutes of useful stuff. So it's also a lot of time to, you know, so. It's also not necessarily the best use of our time. I think it's good to have listened to some, to have got some idea of that, and like, okay, because it's still it's it's more the most important thing is is our own preparation and our own um, our own clarity of mind. That's that's really that's a real important one. It's just it, it seems sounds so simple, but just to be how clear can we be in in certain day to day moments where we're not we're not stuck in mental garbage that we're literally free to just know what's going on and know what we're feeling and know what know what we're experiencing and, and be open to so i still think spending a lot of time in nature is really valuable because just going into nature automatically slows you down it automatically opens you up to different sounds to different experiences to different smells and and just instantly causes us to move away from the normal mind, especially in our technological world. It's just so so critical that we get away from this for a while and just yeah. just be in a place where there's some stillness. Absolutely. Yeah, this stuff kind of destroys my brain after a while. <laughs> so that's important. So yeah. can you can you give people any thoughts on sort of what what is the, you know, where do we go if if not taking part in this whole experience of the soul trap and their whole life review and all that. There's there, I mean, there's a lot of layers, right? There's layers and layers and layers and layers. So there's lots of places you can go for a while. 
that are a lot of them are pretty like Nirvana is, I think, a real place. You know, like there is a real heaven. It, it does actually exist. It's just it's still in Plato's cave. It's still in the Matrix. You're not out. It's just, you know, if you think of what's the ultimate evil, well, that's one side. What's the ultimate good or love? Well, that's heaven. That's paradise. So there are places like that you can navigate yourself to and you can go to, right? So heaven is a part of the duality, though? Like the construct? Sure. Okay. Has to. If you don't have anything to, to compare it to, how can it be heavenly? True. Nothing can be good if you don't have evil to compare it with, right? Right. So if you didn't if you didn't have either, you would just have you would just be content. There would just be because there'd be nothing to compare it with. So would the true heaven then be like merging with source? I uh, I'm not sure. The feeling I get is that it's 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 a sort of it's a re, I, that's why I call it a return to home because it's hard then to totally grasp what that means and mm -hmm. um um it, but it would be out of duality. The, right. the 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 matrix the matrix world is duality and so actually being truly out of duality uh, Carl Renz explained it to me once <clears throat> when we were having lunch one time together and he kind of he said it doesn't matter even if you go into pure and total silence if you're having the experience of nothing the problem is there's an experiencer and there's the nothing you're experiencing you're still in duality mm -hmm. right true oneness would be no experience because there's no experiencer to have an experience so there's nothing to experience it's very very you know unlogical in the thought um but it also kind of made sense when he explained that that uh, that there's these layers that but uh, by the same token there's i think for say say somebody just can't leave the matrix they just can't get out well you can there are these places you could at least spend large parts of eternity whatever and that are way better than this you know the way, at least at least way more enjoyable than this so um but you're still not out and like anything eventually um i guess he described it that no matter how wonderful it is eventually you're going to get bored and eventually you're going to something in you is going to want some action and as soon as you want some action you're right you're back in here you know yeah. so even in this unbelievable peacefulness eventually there will be a sense of but i'm bored but i think when you're home you're not bored because when you're home you are you're then you're not just connected to everything you are everything so there's nothing to be bored with while we're still in here we still have a we still have a, a sense of separation even at these really deep levels there's still we are still separated there's still me here something that i'm classifying as i and every other things out there there's still a there's still a separation point in in the in plato's cave so that's that's, I guess, the something we have to notice. This, this constant. Again, I, I've heard it described that, uh, and I'm just trying to relate it to my death experience and, and the things that have been said. But it's um, a home would be like a place of no second. So that means there's no time, no second, and there's no other because there's no second. Mm -hmm. Just um, something to contemplate. Yeah, no, it makes sense. I, I wonder if then you lose all sense of individuality if you were to merge. 
because it is probably because again there there would be if because then there wouldn't be because the the whatever could be classified as other is you Mm -hmm. you know and it's not just i'm connected to it or we are similar it's only it's it's just it's only you then so there can't possibly be the object then that you would be having the experience of because you know because as soon as soon as you project it's another way of looking at it as soon as as soon as we manifest an experience we're we're in a sense putting a mirror up and we're and we're throwing our projection we're throwing ourselves into the mirror and creating other right so it's another bizarre thing that we're creating these constant others these constant uh projections outside of ourselves um believing that they're different right believing that we're not the ones creating the in a sense or not creating but we're we're the ones that are turning the movie projector on anyway let's say um so it's a huge part of the challenge is, is as we circle backwards in plato's cave it's you can also think of it like a labyrinth right we we walk into the middle of the labyrinth to to gain the knowledge of the cave and then we have to spiral back out again to fully leave um the problem is is once you get to the middle of like the labyrinth just like if you get to the middle of a hurricane it's really peaceful and calm and if you've had a really tough journey and a really tough round that middle will feel really really good and a lot of people will be very happy to take out their lawn chair and just ride it out but totality means we have to walk back out of the labyrinth we have to walk back through all that difficulty and challenge again because life our true our true life isn't at the center of a hurricane it's it's you know it's somewhere else so all of those things are just i'm just throwing metaphors out for for everyone to kind of just contemplate some things sometimes that how many layers of traps like you know the the, the traps in our physical world okay the the uh, um, your iphone or whatever's here that's an easy trap to sort of figure out but a trap like that the center of the center of a labyrinth the center of a hurricane that's a tough one to be prepared for. Um, yeah. So how can, so again, that's what I was talking about. How, how, how can we use our time to be as prepared as we can possibly be? It goes back to some people keep, some people have always asked me in some of these interviews, well, if, if this is such a hellish realm, we should just commit suicide and get out of here. And I'm like, well, that's not going to help you because all you're going to do is hit the after death realm. You won't be prepared for what you're doing. You're going to be an easy mark. Um, and you're probably going to feel a lot of guilt and shame anyway, and they're going to easily trick you and put you right back in here. So you didn't mm. gain anything from it. I mean, right. yeah, you might stop the, the current suffering that's going on right now, but you don't know if the next round is going to be even worse. So to me, it's even though life might be difficult and traumatic and hard, we still have the ability and time to get ready because we're not going to be any smarter dead than we are now. So we might as well use our time as effectively as we can so that when we do hit that point, we've 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 used our time and we can at least even if even if it doesn't work and we get sent back in here, we can say, I did, I did the best I could, given the circumstances of my life, given the, what I had to, to learn from, what I the challenges I had, I did all right, actually. I I I I almost I almost did it. But it didn't okay, it didn't work out, but you know, I think maybe I can get it get through it the next time. So it's it's use as much of this experience as you can to um to yeah not not you know I, we don't know when we're gonna die it might be next week next month and we don't know so but while we've still got it let's use our time to be as ready as possible for anything that might be thrown at us 
just because you kind of mentioned this, what do you believe? Do you believe that spiral that we see everywhere in ancient cultures and it's even in movies like Dark City? Do you believe that's describing the sort of cyclical reincarnation thing? I think it's a lot of stuff. It's yeah. It's the yeah, it's the cyclical nature of the of the of the world, of this of this reality. Um, which makes sense if it's a computer simulation, you know, you, you have to you can't just have new stuff all the time. Stuff has to keep cycling back in and out just to save computer space. But it also represents the the pathway to the center of the true self, which is a a, a spiraling like DNA mechanism. Um, I know when I was with Mr. Park, the Korean monk, when he was doing the healing on people, he would always tell us that he's not healing any illnesses or he's not healing, he's healing our DNA. That, that's what he told us he was doing, that, you, that your DNA is sick and that once your DNA is healed, the rest of you just automatically heals with it and, and you will regain you'll regain everything you need to know. So for him, uh, all the other stuff didn't matter. Just if you could heal your DNA. And of course, DNA has this spiral element to it. So there's all of these things that the spiral might, might relate to, right? Might, might symbolically mean depending on how or what it's being presented in that particular metaphor. Yeah. Well, you know, they never even validated that to be, I mean, I don't know that much about dna but i know that the, the double helix model isn't even really validated they like bounced lasers off a friggin' crystal or something and that's how they got the helix shape so there's yeah again we we, we don't know anything about it at all yeah. and uh other than we have something we have like a i think of it as it's like the it's like the programming code inside the computer of us that's really what it is it's like a giant piece of code and uh, all the all the possibility for our character is in that code um and so by accessing it or altering it or fixing what we don't like about it that's how we that's how we can deal with the experience differently so it's it's like if you know how to get to your dna you're you're actually you're really just dealing with programming code yeah it's something like that and it, it does seem to be connected to like source or environment um it's definitely not all materialist you know um no. No. but okay well uh is there anything else you want to add before we we wrap this up uh where where can people follow your work or what are you doing now well um i've slowed down on youtube after a while there's just uh, i needed to move on a bit from there so I've started up a locals channel for now, locals.com in my name. Um, some of the stuff is free there. Some of the stuff won't be. Just I'm going to decide which is which is which. And it's uh, I, I I just it's a way I had to go. I, I didn't want to do it for a long time, but because of the subject matter and and the amount of time and work there is, just to some people don't realize just how much work it is to put out a video constantly. So I, 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 it's like the cost of a cup of coffee to, to join the, the local chat. I wanted to make sure it's like, it's like somebody had to open their wallet for like a couple dollars and like say, yeah, I really do want to be here, but it, it you know, it, it can't be, at least for me, I, I couldn't try to charge somebody a big amount of money to gain knowledge either. So it was, so that's where I'm at with that. Um, the books are still out there for those who want to read one, right? You can go to my website or you can go to Amazon or any of the bookstores and check into them. 
Uh, I've got two new history books that I'm coming out with at the end of the year. So uh, that's what I've been doing for the last three or four months, actually, along with writing the screenplay. I've, I've decided to, I wanted to go back to do some history, um, just also to have something else to talk about going in the end yeah. of the year when they come out. <laughs> yeah. So uh, they're still, of course, they're still a bit controversial, of course. They're, they're, not, they're not necessarily simple and easy, but the, the, so that's coming out as well and that's kind of where things are and i guess it's um and i guess i'm like everybody else right now kind of just getting a sense of how this reality is and what's going on and what's coming next because i think we all feel it anybody who has sensitivity we, we're feeling like something's going to happen here like that this is just not going to continue in the in the format that's been going on like for, for a while something's ready to just you know flare up and yeah. we just don't know what it is or when it's going to be, but Mothership. we all kind of feel it. And I get, yeah, and <laughs> I, I get the sense a lot of anybody who has that bit of sensitivity is feels a little, they have a little anxiety and they don't know why. They've got a little fear and they don't know why. They they feel frustrated and they don't know why. And it's it's as I guess that sense of like something's on the horizon and um, we just yeah. don't know what it is and um, but we know it's coming. Yeah, this sort of calm period has been kind of anxious time for me. Yeah, I think a lot of people have felt that, you know, and and I think you people will notice that in the interactions you're having with people. I mean, I certainly notice it in the sense in the social media. It's one of the reasons I I started I had to start getting away from from YouTube. There's just this people are very easily to be sort of uh, riled up now for for no reason, and people probably notice that in your day to day life that um, you can have sit and have coffee with somebody that all of a sudden it can become quite heated for no reason whatsoever. Everybody seems to be a bit on edge right now for yeah. a lot of, you know, obviously we've gone through three years of a lot of crazy stuff, but everybody has the feeling, but it's not over. Like if, if we all knew it was over, that three-year period is done. We can close that, that whole script. Yeah. Then we'd start feeling oh, we're back living again, but we all know, no, whatever is going on, it's not over. It's still, it's still happening. It's just not, you know, the, the, we're we, yeah we're, we're at halftime of the football game you know yeah. and it's like third quarter's just about getting we know third quarter's about ready to start and we're we're just getting our hot dog and we're like this 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 might be one hell of a quarter coming and i think we can all yeah. kind of feel that and um and so and it's okay to feel that it's okay to know that it's it, it's um hopefully that will help all of us because we won't be surprised with whatever does come we'll be we'll be ready and we'll be able to handle it I certainly hope so. All right, howdy. Well, thank you so much for for stopping by again and um, hope to catch catch up with you again in the future. Thanks. We'll just chat before you yeah. close out and go away. But uh, yeah, thanks so much, Pat, for having me on. And uh, I always like talking to you. I mean, this is uh, for, for you guys watching, you know, Pat's a, Pat's a genuine guy. He's working really hard. He's very honest and he's, um, he's sharing his own journey with you. And you guys should, you know, make sure you... Um, just appreciate let him let him know that you appreciate what he's doing. That means a lot to us. You know, you may not think it does, but we put a lot of time and effort into what we do. And and uh, I guarantee you, just telling Patrick you're you appreciate what he's doing, he, he will appreciate that. I definitely do, and I appreciate you saying that. Thanks again, Howdy.